when I think about my career, and I've had a couple career changes through COVID, as many people have, I've never really had to apply for a job because everything is out there. Anybody who wants to know what I think or believe in or have done, it's all out on LinkedIn. Somebody can look at my LinkedIn profile and know just about everything about me. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams and B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around, and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, I'm super excited because our guest is someone that I've followed for a long time on on LinkedIn, Um, Kathleen Booth, SVP of Marketing at Tradewell, new role, which we'll get into. She's very influential in the marketing community, and she was also recently highlighted as a top B2B marketing influencer to follow in 2022. Kathleen, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Nick, and I've been following you for a long time, too. So this is so great that we're finally getting to chat. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, we like to kind of like frame a lot of these shows around a core idea. And the core idea for this one is how do you build a strong team or in order to build a strong team, you need talented people. But it's hard to find the right people for your marketing team. So it's incredibly important to have an employer branding strategy. So let's kind of get into it. You you sold an agency. You've been a consultant. You've been a CMO at a startup. Why was now the time to transition into a startup within the e-commerce space? Well, I the last company I was at, I I was doing some e-commerce work. Um, so it was kind of a an interesting transition because I did, like you said, I had an agency. When I was at my agency, I worked with companies in all kinds of different industries, not much e-commerce. Um, I did a lot in cybersecurity and B2B tech. When I, when I sold the agency, I was working in a series of cyber companies. And the last company I was with started out as a little bit more of a cyber company, but kind of moved into the e-commerce space with a second product. And so that was my introduction into e-commerce. And the, the two industries have a lot in common, oddly. You know, they're both very kind of web technology driven. But the other thing is they're both just hot sectors to be in right now. They're they're exploding in terms of the demand, the interest in them, and the evolution of the technology to support them. And that just gets me excited. I, I like working in industries that are innovating, that are changing, and, and where you have the potential to have a really big impact. And so I love I love e-commerce. There's so much happening. And through COVID, I don't think it, there's never been a, a better time for anybody to understand the impact that e-commerce has on our lives. I could I couldn't agree more with you there. It's it's like I don't want to say it accelerated even more than it already did, but like I, I think that it's like it's something that I've been learning a little bit about personally because I've like always had an interest in e-commerce, and so like following kind of your work has always been beneficial. And I feel like that you're the type of person that 
you love to have, or kind of, you have a passion for helping entrepreneurs come from, like, was it a, was it a result from your own entrepreneurial, like efforts? Like, where is your passion for like helping others? You are so spot on with that. So before I went into marketing, I actually spent a decade or more working in international development consulting. And I've always been somebody who definitely needs to be doing a job where I really believe in the mission. And there are different kinds of missions. And you know, after I left international development, which I sort of had to do because I was having kids, I was building a family, I started my agency and I experienced what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And it's thrilling, but also terrifying. And as soon as you start to employ people, you realize that the gravity of the obligation you've taken on in terms of their lives and their families' lives. And, you know, I had my agency, I had a second startup during that time that failed. And, and, once I sold my company, I, I really found my passion in helping other entrepreneurs. So I do a lot of advisory work on the side, but also working in companies where I feel like I'm able to help other businesses succeed because I, I know what that means for not just the business owner, but the people that work there and the families that they support. And so with e-commerce in particular, one of the reasons I'm passionate about Tradeswell is, you know, when I first started working in e-commerce, I, I read something that Harley Finkelstein, who's one of the founders at Shopify, said, and he talked about their theme of arming the rebels. Um, and they think of e-commerce merchants as rebels. And I love that theme because really, like when you look at the last several years in our economy and, and how it's devastated traditional brick and mortar, I don't want to see brick and mortar disappear, but I also recognize that like for the savvy entrepreneur who wants to future-proof their business, being able to sell online and to meet their customer wherever that customer wants to buy or feels comfortable buying is so important. And for me, the ability to set them up for success, to give them the tools they need or to give them the weapons in their arsenal if we're carrying on the Rebels theme, um, you know, is is really impactful. And, and so I get excited about that, especially when we start to work with some of these fun D2C brands and I see them in my real life, you know, and I use their products and I'm like, we're helping them be successful. That, that charges me up. I know you're fairly new, but like, what's the current structure of your team? Like how big is the marketing team? So it's changing as we speak. I came in and there was one person here doing the marketing with a huge kind of network of outsourced resources. And we, we're very lucky that we do have great outsource resources, but I am, as we speak, I'm hiring for a director of product marketing, a director of growth, which is like demand gen plus community, and then a content marketing manager. And then, you know, I have, I still have outsourced, I have an outsourced creative director. I have an amazing outsourced field marketer um, and a few other key resources that I'm very fortunate I can tap into. That, that's amazing. I'll kind of follow up with you post-show, but like, I want to get like a couple of those roles on this new job board that I have for the new community that we're launching that are revenue focused. So I think it would be fantastic to try to help you get some quality people for sure. I would love that. <laughs> cool. So let's, let's talk about, you know, what are your primary goals for building the team in 22? Like what's your, what's your priorities? So I look at the challenge ahead of us and, and this company right now is enterprise SaaS for e-commerce. And we have some amazing customers, but they're really big. It's been a complex sales cycle, uh, you know, a consideration or trust kind of sales process. But that's shifting. And we're coming very close to having an app where somebody can sign on on a self-serve basis. And that will unlock the potential for us to work with 
you know, small and medium-sized e-commerce businesses. And eventually we want to be able to serve anybody who's selling online. Um, And so putting together a team that's able to build a marketing machine to feed that sort of a business model is critical. And that's why I'm focused on these particular roles. I think product marketing, we're, everybody talks about creating a new category. We are definitely doing it. And the reason I say that is there, the messaging has been the biggest challenge. Like there's, we are not in any identifiable space. We cannot bucket ourselves based on the functionality our product has with any existing category. And and I, it's funny, I've talked to a lot of people about category creation and everybody has sort of agreed that you know you're, you need to do it when, when that's your challenge, right? And so I really need somebody who can come in and, and help us refine our messaging and our positioning and make sure that we're enabling the sales team to both evangelize the category that we're creating, which is a very long-term, big picture thing, but also in the short term, create the assets and, and the support structure needed for us to sell the product we have today. So that's important. And then this growth role is critical. And I think you and I have a lot of in common here because I look at how I need to build the team and I base it on my philosophy of marketing and how it should be done. And I feel like I, I've come to a place where I, I have a CEO and a leadership team that's really embraced how I think about marketing, which is that you, yes, you need the traditional full funnel d- demand gen structure, but you really have to think beyond that. And you have to think like a media company. You need to think about audience building and winning the hearts and minds of the peer set of your buyer so that when people go into private Slack communities or Discord communities or wherever they meet with their, their people and they say, who should I use for my e-commerce software? The name Tradeswell is the one that comes up. It's kind of like Today, I think when people say, I need a call recording software solution and everybody and their brother says Gong, whether they've used Gong or not, like that's the, the brand I want to build. And so that's why this position is a director of growth and not a director of demand generation, because for me, that encompasses demand gen, but it also encompasses building a community, um, having events and doing other kinds of thought leadership, maybe that might fall outside of the traditional uh, purview of a demand gen person. So I'm looking for somebody creative, scrappy, ready to think outside the box. And then the third position is content, which I think underpins everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you. It's funny because I, I guess I can kind of mention this because by the time we announce it, the episode will will not be out yet. But we're, we're running through our mar- narrative and messaging right now as well. And so we're bringing DG on board to kind of help with one of the companies he's like agreed to like help with from like our narrative and like position. And it's uh, we finally hired like a director of product marketing after probably about an eight month search of like finding someone that we like we really wanted. Um, and now we hired a content person who starts next week. I feel like the roles that you're hiring for are also the roles that we're hiring for. So it's uh, it makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I think you and I are aligned in how we think about marketing and yeah. finding those people is hard because you're really looking for somebody that that is not yet perhaps at the VP level, but is thinking very strategically. And, and that's a, a difficult role to hire for. Absolutely. So let's get into LinkedIn. So in a recent post on LinkedIn, you said that if you're in marketing and you don't have an employer branding strategy, you're not doing your job right. Hiring is the number one challenge with marketing leaders right now. Like, why is it so hard? Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, I'm somebody who just switched jobs. So <laughs> I'm part of the great resignation, right? And there are so many reasons. Um, I think it's interesting. And I, and I think a lot of it is driven by the last 12 months. Um, you know, salaries have, have gone way up. And for one thing, you know, businesses that, that haven't been willing to keep pace at a, at a pay level with what the market is doing, that's one problem. Um, you can't look at salary studies from 2020, which a lot of them are, you actually have to look at salary studies from halfway through 2021 to, to really get a read on what's happening. Um, but it's beyond money. You know, I think people do have the luxury today of being able to leave and have a lot of jobs to choose from. It is an applicant's market. And so you need to create a fantastic culture because if somebody is in a place where the culture is toxic, they have so many other options that their their level of patience, their tolerance for putting up with that has gone way, way down. Um, so focusing on building a great place to work with, uh, with people that you want to go to work with, having, you know, and, and this goes to not just hiring well, but also firing fast. Like if you don't maintain a team of A players, your A players are going to leave because they're going to want to be surrounded by other A players. Um, and it's benefits and it's flexibility in today's world of hybrid versus remote versus in-person. There's a lot of components to it, but I think you have to be firing on all of those cylinders in order to attract the best candidates. And I will add that you need to work on your personal brand as well. I mm. thank God every day that I've made the investment I have in in doing that on LinkedIn so that when I post jobs, a lot of people see them. People know how I think about marketing. They understand my philosophy as a leader. And I'm hope hopeful and I do believe that that will naturally attract candidates who are aligned with that, which is what's going to set me up for success. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I mean, I, I think it's so, so important to, to like recognize that piece. It's, I, I think the culture piece was really interesting. And especially like, if you're working for someone that's a micromanager, like I cannot work for like micromanagers, like you have to have the ability to like be creative and not just someone over your shoulder every single day, because you're going to lose people left and right. If you're a, a marketing leader, that's someone that's trying to be micromanaging to your team as well. Oh, 100%. And I actually, I have this document that I give to anybody that works for me, which is, I call it the guide to Kathleen. Um, and it's like 10 pages long. And one of the sections in it is my management philosophy. And I talk about the, the ladder of leadership. And it's like, I'm going to meet you where you are. And I, I start out with a preference for not micromanaging and, and not uh, involving myself in things I don't need to be involved in. But if you, as, as a team member, show me that you aren't capable of executing on an independent level, I will insert myself, right? And But there's a there's a rubric there for coachability that I can talk people through, which is like, if they're coming to me and saying, how do I do X? That's a signal to me that you need more management versus somebody who comes to me and says, this is what we need to do. I did the research. Here's what I'm going to do. I just wanted to let you know. That's the kind of person that doesn't need micromanagement. Yep. Ab absolutely agree with you for sure. Um, so I want to kind of ask about like what you, what you specifically meant when you said like employer branding strategy, because I feel like not a lot of, not a lot of marketing leaders are talking about that. So I'm curious on like, why, like, can you dig deeper there and then why you think it's so important today? Yeah. I mean, employer, it, it's about literally having a documented marketing strategy 
for attracting and retaining the best mm-hmm. candidates. It's not just about attracting, it's about keeping them there. Um, you know, I'm, again, I'm fortunate that I came, one of the reasons I came to Tradeswell is that the CEO, when we were talking, said that he really believes that marketing has a massive role to play in building culture. And I'm passionate about building culture. I want to be involved in it. Um, and so it is, it's, it's multifaceted. It's things like having a strategy for building out a great presence on platforms like Glassdoor or some of the more emerging ones. Like there's a great one called Fairy God Boss, which is more aimed at women. Um, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things like that. It's about getting involved in DEI initiatives. Um, it's, it's surfacing, like, who are the people that work in this company? And, and you're seeing the sausage made at Tradeswell right now, because I've only been here for two and a half weeks, but like, I'm in the middle of gathering pictures from our employee holiday parties and the Orioles game we went to and the ax throwing and getting all that stuff out there to just show us having fun, which we're doing, not in a forced way, but like these are the humans that work at this company. We're more than a logo. Um, And also then thinking about how can we spotlight, you know, what gets those people out of bed and into work every day? Why do they love working here? Is there a way that we can shine the spotlight on those people and tell their stories in a more public way? And then some of that is also how we involve them in our marketing. And I mentioned earlier Gong as an example of a company that has a strong brand. And one of the reasons that they've been successful is they've galvanized their employees, whether they're in the marketing team or not, to play a role in the company's marketing. And you sort of feel like they're a team that's working as a team, um, as opposed to a team that has like a marketing unit that's doing all the work. And, And I just gave this talk internally the other day where I've, everyone is in marketing at this company. Everyone needs to be in marketing. And so how do we empower our team to, to play that part and to embrace what they can do to contribute to our success? I had my, my yearly review yesterday with my boss and um, we were talking about some of the things and he was like, I really want you to run a social advocacy program for our C-suite. And he's like, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't do anything on LinkedIn. You know, we have all the employees that do, which is great. But if you don't have the executive layer there that's building their brand, and I'm not even saying you have to do it every single day, but like, hey, a couple times a week or like twice a week, like just get more engaged, especially with your customers, your prospects. People are going to see that over time. Like, what's your thoughts on having the C-suite engage with like building their own brands? Oh, I think it's so, so important you have to lead by example there and it has to start at the top because everyone's going to be looking at what leadership does and if they're not involved the question's going to be why should i have to be right especially people who aren't naturally comfortable with putting themselves out there and you've got those people at every company you know if you're in b2b tech or saas you've got your engineers or developers a lot of those people aren't aren't necessarily used to being online and and public about it. And, and look, I don't believe in forcing people to do anything if they really don't want to, but I do think the more leadership sets the tone and, and establishes that culture and that, and has an attitude of positivity about participating, the more likely it is that that's going to filter through to the rest of the team. Yep. Absolutely agree with you there for sure. So, you know, who, who are like two or three people that as a marketing leader, that you learned from, like, I, I always like asking this question because 
it's always interesting to like hear who people talk about that like has made an impact on their lives. I'm curious, like who are a few people that's made an impact on like Kathleen's life? I mean, you're probably gonna, you've probably heard some of these names a million times. You're obviously one of the people that I followed for a long time. Chris Walker, I'm sure everybody mentions him. They do, because I ask a similar question on my podcast and he gets brought up all the time. He's doing great work and he has strong opinions and he's not afraid to share them. And he really thinks stuff through. And and I I totally agree with a lot of his thinking. Um, certainly Dave Gerhardt, another person I've interviewed in the past, you know, I th- he does a lot of really interesting stuff. There's a woman named Lindsay Chepkema, who's who's the founder of Casted, which is a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's got a an awesome social presence. I've I follow her. I also love Ashley Faust, who is head of content at Atlassian. Um, if you're interested in content, she's just a really interesting person. And then there's also some somebody who used to work for me, who I'm sure I'll probably work for one day, who's brilliant. And her name is Liz Murphy. She, um, I, I think on social, she's Liz Murphy. She was Liz Moorhead for a while. Um, but anyway, she's just brilliant when it comes to content. And she writes one of the best newsletters that I've ever read. That's That's amazing. It's yeah, it, I feel like it's it's a lot of the same people. It's it's always just interesting how people learn as well, which is a kind of like another thought for me. Like, what do you like to build your own like or level yourself up? Like, what are you doing? Like, is it like social? I, do you read any particular books? Like, what do you do to like in your free time, I guess, to level yourself up? So I'm a huge nerd. I just had this conversation with my husband last night because he was like, I feel like you're always looking at your phone and reading and you're not spending time with me. And I, and I was like, it's because when somebody asked me the other day what my hobby is, I'm like, I'm not a big hobby person. My hobby is learning. I, I love to learn. And so I am super nerdy. And when I get home at night, I definitely do put the work down but I'll pick up my phone and look through Twitter. And I have a very like aggressively curated list of people that I follow on Twitter because I try to get rid of any garbage. And so especially like as I'm trying to ramp up and learn more about e-commerce, I'm following a lot of founders there who are talking about that. I have some newsletters that I'm really passionate about, like, and not all of them are about marketing. One of the random ones that I just don't ever want to miss reading is Benedict Evans. He puts out an amazing newsletter and some of the links he surfaces and the insights he brings to bear are just useful no matter what you do for a living. And then, you know, and then LinkedIn certainly also, I mean, I, I have certain people I follow on there um, and, and there are podcasts that I listen to, but um, it's, it's interesting because I, I think about this question a lot and I feel like five years ago, it was very much more, oh, I had to listen to that podcast and read that newsletter. And today for me, it's more about I've identified five to 10 people that I think are brilliant and it depends on the subject. So like if it's SEO, it's Rand Fishkin, you know, if it's content, it's Ashley or Liz, if it's demand gen, it's Chris Walker, if it's branding, it's DG, you know, and, and I try to make sure that my feeds are set up so that it really surfaces those people's content and not a lot of other noise. That's, it makes it makes a ton of sense. It's funny because we're we're hiring for that growth role as well. And so one of the questions we ask in all of like the screening of the people is, do you listen to the state of demand gen by Chris Walker? And because we want someone that has that exact mindset of like how they think about paid, 
Um, and it's, you'd be surprised. I think we talked to about 15 people in zero of them listened to that podcast and we didn't move forward with any of them, but it's something that was always important to, to us to have like that, that similar mindset. And so he's someone that, that I've learned from, from a ton and he's local to me in Boston. So it's nice. Like, you know, he's only about like 20 minutes from me and we're trying to, we're trying to get like an in-person event coming up sometime soon, hopefully in like February. So we'll see. But all right, I've got just two last questions for you. Why do you feel it's important to share your perspectives and thoughts on LinkedIn, despite all of the success that you've had as an entrepreneur and as a marketing leader? Is it is it the mindset that you want to give back? Or like, why do you, you know, you're still super active. I love your content. You do it like on a consistent basis. But is there, I guess, a reason why? It's so funny you asked this because somebody asked me this the other day. They're like, what's your secret plan that you haven't shared? And I'm like, I don't have a secret plan, honestly. Like, I'm not about to spin off a consulting practice or, you know, do anything along those lines. For me, and and oh, by the way, I should say, I do not consider myself to be the world's foremost expert in anything. I learned a long time ago that if you if that's what what you think about, you're never going to post anything because it's too intimidating. And so the the mindset that I bring to LinkedIn is I, I try to share something, ideally like five days a week is my goal. I don't always hit it. Like this week, I'm not hitting it because I'm busy. I'm in a new role. But my mindset is I, I want people to learn alongside me because I'm, like I said, my hobby is learning. And I figure if it's something I'm trying to learn about, then other people are probably out there wondering about it too. And so it really is just my kind of belief that the more I can be transparent and learn in public and share what I'm learning, and I might not always be right. And I welcome people, you know, sharing alternative opinions with me because I learn even more then. I just feel like the rising tide lifts all boats and it, it is about giving back. And my big why, you know, I said it earlier, it's about supporting entrepreneurs and helping them be successful. And for me, this is a part of it. It's building that community, you know, and if there's any self-serving element to it, honestly, it's that when I think about my career and I've had a couple career changes through COVID as many people have, I've never really had to apply for a job because, because everything is out there. Anybody who wants to know what I think or believe in or have done. It's all out on LinkedIn. Somebody can look at my LinkedIn profile and know just about everything about me, which makes it really hard when you start working someplace and they want you to play two truths and a lie. Cause I'm like, I've already told everyone everything, <laughs> but it's really that it's really just me recognizing that if I can add value and help somebody somewhere, it's going to make me feel better. It's what kind of fills my cup. I, I love that. Absolutely. All right. So I want to kind of give you a, a chance to plug, you know, trades well, like anything that you want to plug your, your LinkedIn profile, feel free to kind of just, you know, give some, some places where people can find you, learn more about trades well, things like that. Sure. So trades well, I mean, I'm obviously really passionate about it. Why am I passionate? It's because I think we're solving something that is so critical to the future of e-commerce that hasn't been solved before. And specifically it's for brands that are selling in more than one digital channel. So that might be Amazon and Shopify or Walmart or Target or wherever, wherever they're selling, we want to empower them to meet their customer where they are, but to also then pull all the data from those channels back into one system of record, uh, normalize it at a SKU level, which is a lot harder than you might think. 
we are the only system in the e-commerce industry that pulls in cost of goods sold. And we're able then to essentially build an operating system for e-commerce brands where their finance, marketing, sales, and merchandising leaders can sit around a table looking at a single system of record and make business decisions that are focused on driving profit and growth. Um, nobody else is doing that. And that's the future of where e-commerce is going. So I'm super excited about that and especially about our future path to being able to do this for any size e-commerce business and not just the big guys. Um, so you can learn more about that at tradeswell.com. And then for me, definitely, if you ever want to talk, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I accept every single connection request or go to my personal website, which is kathleen-booth.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Kathleen, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I definitely appreciate it. You are a wealth of knowledge. Thanks, Nick. It was so much fun. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.